I think it's crazy I'm the one who they labeled as controversial And Cardi B is the role model for 12 year old girls There's rappers pushing Xanax at the top of the billboard But if I mention race in a song I'm scared I'll get killed for it It's backwards, it's getting exponentially dumb It's more difficult to get a job than purchase a gun Eminem used to gay bash and murder his mom And now he doesn't want fans if they voted for Trump We're ashamed to be American You should probably love it Cause you have the right to hate it and not get stoned to death in public As children we were taught how to walk and talk But the system Wants adults to sit down and shut up Cancel culture runs the world now The planet went crazy Label everything we say is homophobic or racist If you're white then you're privileged Guilty by association All our childhood heroes got me too or the rapists They never freed the slaves They realized that they don't need the change They gave us tiny screens We think we free cause we can't see the cage They knew that race war would be the game They need to play for people to big teams They use the media to feed the Times, you know, Tom, why don't you talk more about the gospel? You, and I got, I'm stealing this from Jonathan Shuttlesworth. You can do two things. You know, I talk pure gospel on Sunday morning, of course, with some politics mixed in, but a lot more gospel on Sunday morning. And here, a lot of politics with a little bit of gospel mixed in, or maybe a lot, who knows? But anyway, I hope everybody's doing good. All right, House Judiciary uh, GOP tweet. Put that up there for me. Sometime this uh, century. <laughs> okay, are we good? All right. House uh, Judiciary GOP happening now. Representative Matt Gates just requested that the Judiciary Committee recite the Pledge of Allegiance at the start of each hearing. Representative, there he is, Jerry Nadler, said it was unnecessary. Why don't Democrats want to say the pledge? Play for me. And I uh, want to extend a welcome to the new committee members. I'm grateful to be back on this august committee, and I understand and appreciate the significance and importance of the work that we do. And I just think it would be nice if, in the spirit of national unity and national pride, which I know we all aspire to do to a greater extent, that at the beginning of each meeting, the chair or one of the designees of the chair would have the opportunity to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. We're all aware that in these times, uh, it's important for the country to see members of Congress working together on some things. And while I know that we can deal with divisive issues in the committee, uh, it would be my hope that we could start every committee with a great unifying patriotic moment. I yield back. Uh, the gentleman yields back. Uh, I recognize myself to speak in opposition to the amendment. Um, <laughs> it's unnecessary. Back it up, Aaron. Play the last uh, five, six, seven seconds. Gentleman yields back. Uh, I Perfect. recognize myself to speak in opposition to the amendment. Opposition um, to the it's pledge. unnecessary. <laughs> that is your 2021 Democratic Party, and somehow or another, it's just it's it it probably is. Uh, uh, well, it's not understandable, but somehow or another, people who are opposed to the Pledge of Allegiance manage to get a presidential candidate with 81 million votes who didn't even campaign. It's truly amazing, is it? Hey, listen, I've got to do this kind of in a covert way. We've been, I got to, I really do. And if you're, have seen any of uh, my uh, kind of roundabout social media posts, I've been, I have been banned off of Facebook. Don't ask questions about how we're doing, what we're doing right now. But I've been banned off of Facebook for three days, which covers Saturday also, uh, through the magic of very ta- a lot of a very talented person we're on right now. But anyway, 
So like and share this as much as you possibly can. The banning seems to never stop. I got banned for a post that I made on Monday. Lo and behold, the ban for the three-day ban did not come until Thursday, and it covers both Thursday and Saturday. So you're like, Tom, how are you on? I don't know, but we're on. So it pays to have a good staff. All right, Breitbart. Tech here's told you this is this is the good news. I'm gonna interweave interweave in the podcast tonight. All right, Breitbart uh, tweet, put that up there for me. There you go. Texas to fully end taxpayer funding of Planned Parenthood. See now, here's the thing. What's really good about this stuff is that because there's such grievous opposition coming from D.C., conservative hubs, and they're huge, by the way, huge. You can bring it back to me. These conservative hubs that are huge, state of Texas, state of Texas to fully end taxpayer funding of Planned Parenthood, fully ending. I mean, the good, the bad, and the stupid, fully ending taxpayer funding of Planned Parenthood. We didn't see this stuff happen before. I mean, we, we started to see inklings of it under President Trump, and President Trump was the best, most pro-life president in the history of America. But these things are happening. I'm telling you, they're big, and there's some other ones that are coming. They're huge. Some really great things are happening, so we need to keep our heads up. All right, this is a Matt Walsh video. Of the, so, some of you are probably very much aware of the AOC drama. I don't even want to try to explain it to you because AOC is better at explaining her idiocy than anybody else could ever do it. Play it for me. And sociopathy. AOC was talking to her fans on Instagram, uh, Instagram Live last night. And the fact that she has fans to talk to on Instagram is a problem in and of itself. But she began describing in dramatic and tearful terms the trauma that she suffered during the Capitol Hill riots. The description was replete with visual demonstrations, plenty of uh, cinematic dramatic pauses and all the rest of it. Let's uh, listen to some of this. Like I'm here and the bathroom door starts going like this, like the bathroom doors behind me or rather in front of me. And I'm like this and the door hinges right here. And I just hear, where is she? Where is she? And um, this was the moment where I thought everything was over. Right, back to me real quick, Aaron. Now, listen, is it me or is she indistinguishable from an eight-year-old girl? I mean, literally, if an eight-year-old girl, a dramatic eight-year-old girl was telling a story, she is indistinguishable from an immature, emotional eight-year-old girl. She sounds just like one. Play the next video for me. I go down and I just, I mean, I thought I was going to die. And it gets even more dramatic from here. Next, she began to describe what and who she was thinking about as she confronted her own mortality. It turns out she was thinking about the American people and comforted by the knowledge that her work would be continued by those who come after her. Let's listen to that. And I had a lot of thoughts. You have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I think when you're in a situation like that, um, and like also one of those thoughts that I had was, you know, I just happened to you know, be a spiritual person and be uh -huh. raised in that context. And I really just felt like, <laughs> you know, if this is the plan for me, um, then people will be able to take it from here. Um, 
I had a lot of thoughts, but that was the thought that I had about you all. Um, I felt that um, if this was the journey that my life was taking, that I felt that things were going to be okay. Um, Oh, she back also... to me real quick, Aaron. All right, I want to give you just a little preview. I, I hate to ruin the end of my own podcast segment, but I have to because I don't want you to forget some of this stuff. Remember what you just saw with her bawling right there. Now, I want you to know something. Look at me now. She was not even in the Capitol. Whoops! She wasn't even in the Capitol. She was a block away. Facts! That is the truth. She was not in the Capitol. There is an eyewitness, a Democratic Party representative, Congresswoman. She was never even in the Capitol. Do you know who was yelling? Where is she? Uh, the Capitol Police. <laughs> she was never, she was a block away. I'll show you the proof in just a minute. Play the last segment for me. But her description of the fear she felt and so on. Um, you know, it, it would provoke no protest for me if not for the fact that this same woman had spent the last several months ignoring, excusing, and romanticizing the very same kind of chaos that she in turn fell victim to. Now, I've played this before, but let's remind ourselves, I think it could be helpful to, let's remind ourselves what AOC said about BLM rioting back in May. Let's listen to that. If you're trying to call for the end of unrest, but you don't believe healthcare is a human right, if you're afraid to say black lives matter, if you don't, if you're too scared to call out police brutality, then you aren't asking for an end of unrest. You are asking for injustice to continue and for your people to continue to endure the violence of poverty, the violence of a lack of housing access, the violence of police brutality, and not say a damn thing. That's what you're asking for. So if you're out here calling for the end of unrest, then you better be calling for healthcare as a human right. You better be calling for accountability in our policing. You better be supporting community review boards. You better be supporting uh, you know, the end of housing discrimination. You better be standing up to for-profit real estate developers that are intimidating people and trying to evict them from their homes. That's what you better be calling for. Because if you don't call for those things and you're asking for the end of unrest, all you're asking for is the continuation of quiet oppression. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you want rioting to end, it means that you just want oppression to continue. You want quiet oppression to continue. And you have no right to call for the end of unrest uh, uh, unless you want unless you call out real estate developers, the whole list of, of demands. <laughs> you know, so, so, but what, what she's doing here, of course, is she's, she's completely ignoring and erasing the people in these communities, actual human beings who are affected by this, injured by it, damaged by it, killed by the unrest, as you call it. But for her, it's all academic. So, sure, we could, we could get around to caring about that, but first, I've got a whole list of issues we need to uh, discuss first. Note that she said all of that only two days after a police precinct was invaded and burned to the ground. And on the same day that she recorded that video, um, she also shared an image on her Instagram giving people advice on how to protest safely. 
And this advice advice included things like wear nondescript solid colored solid solid colored clothing, uh, cover identifying tattoos. She exhorted protesters to put their phone on airplane mode and not to bring anything they don't want to be arrested with. The point of this advice, quite explicitly, was to help people commit crimes and to engage in mob violence without getting caught. All right, back to me. All right, so here's, here's the thing. Matt Walsh, she did this video before it came out that she wasn't in the Capitol. And what his point was is that she incited violence, had no, you know, for things like la- she called lack of housing as violence, but she incited violence. And had no problem with this isn't going to stop until you are basically a socialist. So she incited it and then and had no problem with it until it actually affected her. What really happened, though, is it, it still has yet to affect her. Her whole story is a bold-faced lie. It's an absolute lie. Here's the proof for you. Play it for me. The Hill, where they report that uh, Representative Katie Porter, a Democrat of California, uh, opened up about sheltering Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez during the riot at the Capitol last month, revealing that the New York lawmaker told her, I hope to, I get to be a mum and I hope I don't die today. And I won't go over the things that they said. We, we covered it yesterday. But uh, it was, frankly, again, obvious fiction. The California lawmaker also noted that she and Cortez discussed their choice of shoes, etc., etc. Uh, she says that um, what, what had happened is that uh, Cortez was waiting in her office for six hours during the riot and that no law enforcement or other officials came to check if they were safe. Capitol Police never accounted for every member's safety, so we heard voices in the hallway. We didn't know who they, uh, who they were, whether those police were officers or whether they were intruders, so we just stayed dark. I hope they would just run on by. So uh, she added that the uh, the Capitol Police did not also provide instructions for lawmakers to go and shelter as they first evacuated buildings on Capitol Hill. But so we've we've got a pretty clear picture of what happened there. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, as she says uh, in her live stream, she went from her office over to Porter's office, Katie Porter's office, and then stayed there for six hours. Cut and dried. We know exactly what happened. That's very, very clear timeline. Very firm uh, locations were given. And so we can just look up where these locations are, because it turns out that if you go to the White House, uh, the yeah, the the, the uh, uh, government websites, um, you obviously have the addresses of their offices just as public, in the same way that like all um, representatives have all of these things public. And so if we just look this up, up this address on Google Maps, we can see that it's there. And if we zoom out just a little bit, please, John, if we can zoom out on that. We can see that just above is the United States Capitol, about, I don't know, like 700 feet away, something like that. Um, so it's a completely separate building in a separate area across the street that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was. And in fact, we know exactly where AOC's map, uh, office is, again, from the same map, because it's marked on Google. <laughs> <laughs> the office of Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh my God! So she went across the street at some point, it seems, uh, which again <laughs> is not next to the Capitol, not at the scene of the action or anything like that. And so, when she said that she was being threatened by protesters and they were hunting her, no, they weren't. They absolutely weren't. They were not storming her offices. They were storming the U.S. Capitol. This is a lie.
it is just a provable lie. It doesn't even take very much to demonstrate that that's a lie. Anyone with a computer can do it. Literally, not even a computer. Anyone with a phone. Anyone who just walks around this area will be able to see that this is a lie. She's not telling the truth, which I assume is the reason for the, uh, the, the, the novelization of events, because it's just not factually accurate. So going back to the Hill... Uh, they say that Ocasio-Cortez recounted her experience during the Capitol riot while, on, while live on Instagram Monday night. She said, she said that she was in her office earlier in the day before sheltering in Porter's office when she heard banging on the doors. She told viewers that she hid in the bathroom and heard a man yelling, Where is she? I thought I was going to die. You have a lot of thoughts. I think you're in a situation like that. And, I, and like one of those thoughts is, I just really felt that if this is the plan for me, then people will be able to take from here. But the thing is, as the Hill report, the man was identified as a Capitol Hill police officer. So we were joking yesterday. Imagine if it was security shouting, yes. where is she? It was. In her paranoid fever dreams, she had imagined that it was MAGA hat wearing death squads that were breaking into her office, which isn't even on Capitol Hill, and uh, in the Capitol building. And nothing happened. Right, she was not attacked. So you might ask yourself, like, why would somebody... And she's got, sadly, like Matt Walsh says, millions, millions of Twitter followers. I think it's like 7.7 .7 million people follow her on Twitter. Why would somebody who knows how everything works, technologically speaking, that you can find anything anywhere, just like those guys just did, pulled up a map, found out where her office was. Her office is not even on, look at me now, Capitol Hill. She's, she's scared for her life. She is nowhere near the action. Nowhere near. It has now been proven that the person who said, where is she, was a security officer or a cop. So she fabricated this whole thing. Why would she do this knowing that she would get exposed? Because she doesn't know. They have such audacity. They are so full of themselves. I think that they, they just subconsciously think nobody will check because of their inherent greatness. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to fact check AOC, Alexandria, Ocasio, Cortez. Nobody's going to do that because I am AOC. Well, listen, AOC, half of the country cannot stand you. Understand that. You are a socialist hack and not only hack but another h word hypocrite i put that picture up for me there you go there's her office there's where the riot happened office riot there's where she is she is look at she's not even on the street she's not even on the street and she makes this video and i didn't have time to add it but she has come back and maybe i'll put it in on saturday Oh, I want to tell everybody too, we cannot respond to you on Facebook right now. We are unable to respond. To a degree, we have been banned. All right, I don't want to go into too much detail because they'll ban me again while I'm live. We have a lower audience tonight because I put out that we were banned. <laughs> we usually have more people watching than we do right now but I, because we, ha we are. But we just have, you know, we have a skill set here. But anyway, she is a bold-faced, lying hypocrite and she's still doubling down right now she has called for everybody who's putting and challenging her to be banned off of social media get this Here, here's a gateway pundit article aoc was upset 
that she got caught in another lie last night. She was so upset that she asked her followers to demand social media giants ban anyone who fact checks her. We reported last night that AOC was not in the Capitol Dome on January 6th, like she said. Aaron, uh, put that, keep throwing up that picture with her next to the map so people could keep connecting with the story. There you go. On Wednesday, get this now, this is awesome. Alexandria Ocasio Smollett trended on Twitter. <laughs> it has, I've seen it. It's awesome. Everybody follow Alexandria Ocasio Smollett. It's got to be Bubba, uh, Bubba Wallace uh, Ocasio Cortez, too. Alexandria Ocasio Bubba Wallace should be next. Trended on Twitter, Alexandria Ocasio Smollett trended on Twitter after socialist Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was caught up in a hoax where she claimed to have a near death experience in the U.S. Capitol riot, even though she wasn't in the Capitol building. This, of course, upset AOC so much that she played the victim. So here she is. She's at, you can bring it back to me. So here she is. She is calling for anybody who dares challenge the 13-year-old girl with the mindset of an 88-year-old drama queen, anybody who challenges her to be banned. And we don't think, listen, the, the tech Soviets and the Democratic Party are just like this. We know that. I'm preaching to the choir. It may just happen. I wonder how long Alexandria Ocasio-Smollett's going to stay out, stay up. Who knows? Get this. This is from. They said that she's upset that she got caught in another lie. So she pulled this drama before. And I want you to remember what you saw on Matt Walsh's video with her pressed up against the wall, scared, and she starts crying because her life was in. Yeah, there you are. There and I go. just hear, yeah, get her where the wall is she? Matic, pause it. And the bathroom door starts go. going like this. Like the bathroom door's behind me, or rather in front of me. And I'm like this, and the door hinges right here. And I just hear, where is she? Where is she? <laughs> All right, back to me, which was a security guard. And there's nobody there. She's a block away. I mean, it's more than a block away. There's a highway between her and the riot. And she's in another congresswoman's office talking about shoes. So what, what's the gateway pundit mean when they said AOC was upset that she got caught in another lie? Well, here's another gateway pundit article. Videos were released of Democratic Socialist leader, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, sobbing at a border entrance gate. We now know that she was wearing $1,000 worth of clothes and accessories to put on the hoax. These photos were debunked after additional photos showed Ocasio-Cortez crying in an empty lot. It was all staged. That is an empty parking lot. <laughs> right there. It's an empty parking lot. That's how these people are. That You're like, people cannot be that corrupt oh absolutely no problem whatsoever this is from this is a watchful one tweet and he says it's a fair it's a fair comment and then you got a central fleckus video remember when Rand paul experienced what aoc pretended happened to her play it for me Thank you. 
AOC has never seen anything like that before in her life, including on January 6th, including on January 6th. She is a bold-faced, drama queen, self-absorbed sycophant. She is, she's pathological. You, She is so pathologically caught up with herself. She has got to have endless stroking. Oh, you're so wonderful. Oh, thank you for saving us. Oh, AOC. Absolutely pathetic. And you know what she you know what she had to say? Now, she knew what happened. That was right after the RNC, after Trump's acceptance speech, where Muriel Bowser decided not to provide security for the RNC outside of the White House. So all of these high-ranking Republican officials like Senator Rand Paul, the senior senator from Kentucky, when he's walking back to his hotel room, he had we had that going on. He wasn't the only one. There's numerous others. One of my favorite talk show hosts, Dan Bongino, he was accosted. Him and his wife both were accosted and surrounded. She knew about all this. So, you know, what was her comment about it? No, you know, you're supposed to play it. Don't worry about it. Don't. <laughs> what was her comment? Absolutely nothing. She said absolutely nothing. It was crickets she did nothing said nothing didn't care nothing not a thing all right next thing here we're mixing some good news free beacon tweet north carolina's newly elected republican lieutenant governor at mark wilson at mark robinson nc now when you see that in there mark robinson nc go follow this man follow him he's a warrior He's a conservative warrior. North Carolina's newly elected Republican Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, NC, is leading the fight against a statewide social studies curriculum that would weave critical race, race theory into history lessons beginning in kindergarten. So basically, they want to teach racism in North Carolina, K through 12. And this guy is fighting it. Listen, that's what I'm saying. There is conservative uprisings all across America. Keep your eye on it. Don't hang your head. We're going to win the House and Senate back in two years. Totally, just absolutely hamstringing Joe Biden. Right now, it's miserable watching him do. He's up to, last I checked, 43 executive orders. More than any other president. It's not even remotely close. The first week, Trump did six, Biden did 25. All right, Andy, no tweet. BLM riders, BLM, recently nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. That's an absolute fact, everybody. If you didn't know that, now you know. BLM, Black Lives Matter, has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. BLM riders are trying to break down a second barrier at the Rochester Police Station. That's New York. After overturning the first fence, play it for me. 
Nobel Peace Prize. Now remember, they've already taken down one fence, and this is all that's left before they get into the police station. Well, I wonder if AOC cares about this at all. I wonder if she. I wonder if she's inside there with her back pressed up against the wall, crying. Does she care at all? Absolutely not. You can bring it back to me. So, Black Lives Matter nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, and here they are. Now, what's funny about it is that's Rochester, New York, a real bastion of conservatism. Not. I thought Joe Biden has said for all of 2020 and prior to it and for half minimum of 2019 that Donald Trump was the cause of all the Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots. I thought it was Donald Trump because of his racism and his, his lack of social justice and his lack of, I guess, some sort of mass police reform. So what, what happened here, Joe Biden? Because they're rioting just as much or more since you've taken over. So explain to me why it is. Could it be that they're just wretched people? Could it be that they're just anarchists and have absolutely nothing better to do with their lives because none of them work and live in their mommy's basement eating Hot Pockets every day? Could that really be what it is? Yes, that's what it is. They are leftist hacks. And they do whatever they're permitted to do. George Soros made sure, made sure throughout the country, in L.A., in St. Louis, in Atlanta, in Chicago, in Philadelphia, made sure that he had DA set up everywhere so that Black Lives Matter and Antifa rioters were not even prosecuted for what they did. That's what's really going on here. Please understand. Don't get overly specific about one topic. Understand the big picture. It's not just about vaccines and masks. Understand that vaccines and masks are coming from two different sources that want to control you. The globalists and the CCP. Understand that. Klaus Schwab said this week, nobody's safe. Nobody's safe until 100%, 7.9 billion people are vaccinated. Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset, where also the International Monetary Fund meets with them. At there, I'm trying to remember where they meet right now. It slipped my mind. What is it? Davos. Thank you. I'm trying to remember. I remember I was, Davos. That's how Klaus Schwab says it. There he is. There's Klaus. World Economic Forum right behind him. Great re- and oftentimes you'll see the words Great Reset behind him. That's one set. Klaus Schwab is one set of people trying to control your life. The CCP is the other. The Chinese Communist Party. Where the coronavirus came from. Please, do you honestly think the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where the coronavirus started, where it was made, It is now blatantly obvious it has been to anybody willing to read more than 10 minutes from the onset. It's been uh, been obvious to anybody who just wants to take an hour and actually discover the origin of the coronavirus. Know that it's man-made, that it's a result of -of gain-of-function research. Everybody with a brain has known that for a long time. None of the Christians cared. They just closed their churches. That's why the Bible says... 
Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will go cold. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Church just closed down instead of actually deciding to read something. So you have two forces. They are not aligned. They're not aligned. The CCP and the globalists are not aligned. They are competitors. But luckily for them, Klaus Schwab and the CCP, luckily for them, they've got useful tool idiots lined up, ready to usher in their agenda. Either one, CCP or the globalists or both. The Democratic Party of the United States of America will be glad to usher in the CCP's agenda and or usher in the globalist World Economic Forum Great Reset agenda without hesitation. Without hesitation. That's what the masks are about. And now, (laughs) all you goof sticks out there, and I'm talking to the Christians first. What was it, February 4th today? (laughs) We're about 30 days, about 35 days away from 365 days of 15 days to flatten the curve. And you're still wearing masks. And now they're telling you that you ought to wear double masks. The greatest propensity, the greatest chance of catching COVID is in your own house. And they send you there all the time. 76% of all COVID cases are caught inside people's own residences and what do they do lock you in there and then smash to crap to crap your immune system by putting a mask on your face where you breathe in your own exhaled carbon dioxide and bacteria all day and now doubling up so you're losing 30 to 40 percent of the oxygen that you need and breathing in your own latent viruses and bacteria. And you just do it. Well, you know, I'm a community partner and a good neighbor. No, you're choosing to be willfully ignorant. It's sad. It really, when will you wake up? I mean, 15 days was, you know, 300 days ago. 300 days ago. And even the commercials now, even the commercials are starting to lie. They're saying, you know, we've been, this has been a rough couple months. It hasn't been a couple months. It's been a freaking year. You see them on TV, you'll see the, you know, safe distance, you know, know, delivery, you know, food delivery, you know, contact free delivery, all that stuff. You know, it's been a tough couple, it's been a tough couple months. It hasn't been a couple months. It's been a year. March 15th will be a year of lockdowns. A year. That's the facts of it. All right, back to Black Lives Matter. They've been nominated as well as Stacey Abrams, which I'll get to in a minute. Donald Trump, you know, he was nominated too. But Donald Trump just signed four major peace accords in the Middle East. But yeah, yeah, Stacey Abrams illegally gets votes, voters registered, so she gets one. And then you've got, of course, Black Lives Matter, one of the greatest purveyors of anarchy and violence in American history. They, of course, get a Nobel Peace Prize. Well, here's what uh, Kate thinks about it. Play it for me. Did you guys hear the news? Black Lives Matter has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. And I personally couldn't think of a group more deserving of the award than them. Because this is definitely what comes to mind when we all think of peace, right? I don't give 
give a damn if they burn down Target. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Isn't it ironic that a group that's been chanting no justice, no peace for eight years is being nominated for a peace prize? themselves women and this guy can call himself a Catholic, then why can't we call Black Lives Matter peaceful? <laughs> I certainly see no irony whatsoever in awarding a peace prize to a movement that left dozens of cities looking like this over the summer. episode, you'll know that I'm woke now, which means I love Black Lives Matter, even though they've threatened to kill me. I hope you get corona and die. No, let's forget all about that, because they're peaceful. Being woke also means I love the hard-hitting journalism over at CNN and their 100% accurate depiction of Black Lives Matter. Fiery, but mostly peaceful protest which were largely peaceful demonstrations in the face of law enforcement. It wasn't until night fell that things began to get a little bit more contentious. Things were thrown back and forth. And who could forget when Don Lemon compared BLM protesters to the Boston Tea Party? This is how the Boston Tea Party rioting. So don't do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country was started. Or when Chris Cuomo <laughs> said that it's OK if BLM isn't peaceful. Problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets. And please for you too, show Chrissy. me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Shame on Chris for saying that. We all know that Black Lives Matter would never be anything but peaceful, right? We will burn down this system and replace it, all right? And I could be speaking uh, figuratively. Okay. I could be speaking literally. In fact, Black Lives Matter is so peaceful that according to CNN, they've only been violent at 7% of their 7,750 protests. Don't be a bigot and call BLM a violent group when CNN says there was only violence at 220 locations. I mean, if we really think about it, it was just property they destroyed and property can be replaced so we can't really consider them violent then okay destroying property which can be replaced is not violence and to put those things uh to use the exact same language to describe those two things i think really um it's not, it's not moral to do that. The reason why buildings are burning are not just for our brother, George Floyd. We're, they're burning down because people here in Minnesota are saying to people in New York, to people in California, to people in Memphis, to people all across this nation, enough is enough. But don't you dare start trying to add up all the property damage from the riots last year or else Big Tech will fact check you because there is no proof whatsoever that this happened, even though the media spent half a year endorsing it.
don't you dare ask Black Lives Matter protesters themselves what they believe in because they might wind up being a little too honest with you. What do you guys think of the Black Lives Matter riots? Are they good, bad? I think they're well-deserved because there definitely is a lot of systematic racism still in the country. You think AutoZone deserve to be looted and burned to the ground? Well, it is a big corporation and they have insurance. Will you guys disavow all of the burning and looting? Black Lives Matter. Will you disavow the burning and the looting? Black Lives, Black Lives Matter. Matter. Disavow the burning and the looting. Black, Black lives, lives matter. matter. Disavow the murders of police officers. Black, Black lives matter. matter. Look, guys, it's 2021. This means you get to identify as whatever you want and redefine words to mean whatever you want. Sure, someone like President Trump brokered numerous peace deals in the Middle East last year and started no new wars. Why give someone violent like that a peace prize when we can give it to these guys? <laughs> Or maybe we can compromise and give Black Lives Matter 93% of the Nobel Peace Prize and give the remaining 7% to AOC for saying the whole point of protesting is to make people uncomfortable. Or maybe we can give it to Kamala Harris for peacefully bailing them out of jail. And while we're at it, let's give her stepdaughter a contract with an international modeling agency. Look, I can see why you might think a lot of these things don't make sense, but they don't have to anymore. It's 2021. Don't be a bigot and ask questions. Just accept that our democratic overlords are right about everything. And uh, don't you <laughs> There you go. Nobel Peace Prize. I forgot about Trump and the no, you know, he, the four peace accords and first president in my adult life. My whole life, I believe, that started zero foreign wars, zero wars whatsoever. And he, you know, and this is a nominee. Here's the next one for you. Put it up there for me. Breaking. Stacey Abrams <laughs> nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. I'm not even joking. <laughs> what for? I mean, I, I would like, you know, it's to this day, nobody can name the accomplishment that Barack Hussein Obama did to get hits. Even him. He got nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize before he did one thing in office. And he absolutely brokered no peace deals. He started numerous incursions, numerous drone strikes. How many, how many, how many drone strikes do you hear about with Donald J. Trump? Zero. I'm not saying there were zero. I'm just saying how many did you hear about? We, if there was a lot, you would have heard about him. All right, Andy No tweet. An Antifa group sieged. <laughs> Antifa sieged a Red Lion Hotel in Olympia, Washington, forcing staff to flee for their lives and guests in 40 rooms had to shelter in place. The Antifa brought hatchets, knives, and other weapons to the siege. I don't get it. Again, Joe Biden, Donald Trump is gone. Donald Trump's gone. What is causing these people to do this? It was Donald Trump, Joe Biden. You're president now. That's this. Listen, this is the part we all need to embrace. Listen, we all want Donald Trump to be president. We all do, and I believe he will be again in 2024. It may be a congressman, Speaker of the House in 2022. We all want that, but that's not going to happen right now. It's not. And listen, I'm not a QAnon guy. That's why you've never heard me say there's going to be, uh, you know, military coups and, you know, laser battles on the moon and a shootout in Frankfurt and all. Not, you've never heard me espouse any. I honestly thought Trump would be sworn in, though, on January 20th. The reason why I thought that was because of the mass voter fraud that all courts received to, uh, refused to listen to. 
for lack of standing. And those cases, by the way, are coming. They're not gone. Those cases are not, oh, Tom, we keep hearing. No, listen, there's case, there's a, the Wisconsin case is pending for the Supreme Court. You will see it. You will see all of this exposed. We'll see what happens with the impeachment trial too. The unconstitutional impeachment trial. But it's just funny to me. You know, we need to enjoy this. And that, and that this right here, when have you ever heard a group sieged a red line hotel in Olympia, Washington? This is Joe Biden's problem. Joe Biden, Donald Trump's been gone for a while now. This is Joe Biden's problem. Why they, They're supposed to be happy now because Joe Biden got elected. But for some reason, they're still riding. Strange, isn't it? All right, lifenews.com. Here we go. More good news. Honduras makes abortion ban permanent. All human beings have a right to live. I throw that next picture up for me. This is from a friend of mine from church named Stephanie. And this is her son, Archer. And I wanted to show this to you because it really struck a chord with me when I saw it. And I asked her, she quotes Jeremiah 1.5, of course, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Love that verse. But I want you to see the, the pictures there of the baby. How in the world can you be? Now, look at those ultrasound pictures. You can absolutely, how can you ever say that you're not killing a human being? How can you be such a deranged lunatic? Let's just take the one on the top left-hand corner. Right there, right, right after he was born, right before he was born. For the Democratic Party, it is absolutely fine to pull baby Archer out of his mother's womb at that stage in the, preg- in the pregnancy. No problem whatsoever. Abortion doctors have described it. No problem whatsoever. They, they look down there and there's a hand doing this. There's a heart beating. There's a face looking up at you. The Democratic Party is absolutely fine with it. Fine with it. The number one cause of death in the black community, which still, although Trump made huge inroads, still in the high 80% votes Democrat, where it's Democrats who have put Planned Parenthood in your neighborhood for decades. The number one cause of death in the black community is not cops, not even close. The number one cause, it's about 200 200 killings by cops a year, 600 whites per year. The number one cause of death in the black community is abortion. It's the Democratic Party that's killing you. Well, I don't like some of the things. Okay, you know, we can work everything else out. The Republicans sure do want you to live, though. It's just like all the goobers with their, you know, separating kids kids in cages, separating families. And they hate, they all allegedly got AOC bawling at the border. AOC's fine with, absolutely, yeah, yeah, fine, there it is. There's AOC at the border. Now, understand, leave that up, Aaron. Understand that that woman right there, she is absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. Remember that picture of baby, baby Archer? Absolutely fine. With pulling that baby out, piece by bloody piece, out of his mother's womb. She's fine with it. And then goes to the border and cries like that over what? Over what exactly? Kids getting separated at the border. Okay, you know, under the new Biden rules, if you got a 46-year-old man shows up at the border with a 16-year-old girl, 
There's no way to verify what their relationship is. So what do they do now? And there's no uh, housing them together policy. You don't want to put anybody in cages. So what do they do now? They set the 46-year-old free out into... This is absolute fact under the Biden policy. Right now, there's an injunction stopping him. We'll see how long that lasts. Brought by uh, Attorney General Paxton out of Texas has got a temporary injunction against the Biden immigration policy done by executive order, executive fiat. Well, that's what they do right now. Is they, they come, 46-year-old man, 16-year-old girl. Now what they do, well, this is what how it will go, is you set the 46-year-old out into the public. Who knows who he is? With a notice to appear, which 90-something percent never show up, and then they house the girl. That's the, poli- that's the Joe Biden policy right now. Absolute fact. Here's the Gateway Pundit article real quick. Just not even an article, just a headline I want you to know. Gavin Newsom recall now unavoidable. Gavin Newsom told you good news out there. There's lots of people rising up. You know, the funny thing is, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, is being recalled. And what's so funny about this is, you know, under H.R. 1 that's being pushed by the Democratic Party, that's how they want to federalize elections and make it so there's no matching signatures, there's no voter ID, there's, you cannot, it's against the law to even ask for an ID. But when it comes to the Democrats, for a recall vote where you're signing a petition, guess what you have to have? Uh, ID. Jeff Bezos, in his union, when he was doing union negotiations, you are not allowed to vote by mail. You have to vote in person. That just happened two weeks ago. Jeff Bezos. With, when it comes down to his money, with his negotiations with his employees, you're not allowed to vote by mail. You're not allowed to vote by machine. You have to vote in person. Same thing in California. When it's, the re, when it's a recall vote for Gavin Newsom, one of the biggest COVID hypocrites on the planet, that's the reason he's being uh, recalled. Absolutely destroying his, his state. A state. A state is a trillion dollars in debt. One state. of all unemployment requests come from California alone in the country. But if you want to sign that recall petition, you have to provide ID. Yeah. So when it has to do with them, they want voter ID. But uh, Newsom recall now unavoidable. Newsom's poll numbers tank. More than 1.4 million signatures collected in recall effort. Told you good news out there. All right, conservative news tweet. Here you go. Here's some, here, here's some other stellar leadership from another Stalinist uh, governor. As crime is spiking, well, let's look at, as crime is spiking, what would the glorious, all-knowing, Emmy-winning governor of New York do? As crime is spiking, Governor Cuomo backs police reform to reduce the footprint of the NYPD. So, cut cops. As crime is spiking, their murder rate's up between 25 and 30%. It's up even higher than that at the beginning of this year. And what's, what's the Democratic Party answer? Uh, let's have less cops. That's yeah, a brilliant idea. All right, Republican lawmakers, another Gateway Pundit article, called to remove Ilan Omar, who married her brother. <laughs> you know, they're all, they're all wanting, Mar- I don't even like to publicize it. Everybody's wanting Marjorie Taylor Greene taken, you know, taken out. Hey, listen, she did some QAnon stuff back then. Who cares? I don't care. She's not doing it now. Who cares? 
Even if she was doing it now, that would be her own business. It's called the First Amendment. Now, if she was espousing really wacky stuff, then she could suffer the consequences for it. But it was a long time ago that she uh, was into that. So, but th- that's not even the point. The point, the reason why they are, they just went and found, you know, found old tweets and things like that because she's standing up to the Democrats. She is unabashedly pro-life and hardcore pro-life, pro-gun, pro-conservative, like Lauren Bobart. Listen, these are strong, strong new Congress men and women. And they're trying to take her out. So here's the good news. I told you this good news. There are Republicans with backbones. And the ones that don't have backbones are going to be voted out. Watch. We're sick of it. We're done. We're not, we're not voting for any more Lindsey Grahams. We're not voting for any more Mitt Romneys. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. Mitt Romney will be primaried and defeated. Mitt Romney may not even run again. He might do a Jeff Flake out of Arizona and just give up. Because Jeff Flake was going to be annihilated. But Republican lawmakers called to remove, this is bite back on the attempt to remove, and there's no real way to attempt it. They're just constantly badgering her to step down, Marjorie Taylor Greene. But this is a response to that. They're not just taking it. Republican lawmakers call to remove Ilan Omar, who married her brother, that's an absolute fact, from congressional committee assignments. This is in response to the Dems doing the same to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Representative Matt Gates, we have the votes, more good news, to remove anti-Trumper Liz Cheney from GOP House leadership. Good. Another one gone. She needs to be and will be primaried and defeated. Executive who made decision to shut down Parler will replace Jeff Bezos as Amazon CEO. So if you thought that it was good news that Bezos stepped down. That's eh, worse what's coming in. So not everything's good news. It's the executive made decision to actually shut down Parler as the one who will replace Jeff Bezos. Lovely. His name is Andy Jassy. Another quick hitter. After weeks of delays, the Detroit TCF Center turns over security camera footage of 3.30 a.m. Biden ballot dump to Gateway Pundit. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. Is, you know, nobody's ch- nobody has requested that security footage how did that happen how where are all the republicans in michigan who own the house and the senate in the in in the three areas of government in michigan the republicans own two of them the the republicans don't own the governorship they they, but they own the house and the senate well they also don't own the courts but how has nobody asked for this video footage according to gateway pundit the footage that they have is stunning we'll see as soon as they put it out i'll be putting it out but it's to explain this put that graph up spikes like this now this isn't this isn't michigan this is wisconsin but it's it's same sort of spike happened in all of the seven city states and if you watch this podcast you know what they were talking about when i when when i say the seven city states georgia with atlanta and you got Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Detroit, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and Las Vegas. Did I miss one? Milwaukee. There we go. Seven cities. And unless those seven cities are taken care of, we will never win another national election. More quick hitters. Arizona's Mar- Maricopa County Board of Supervisors rejects Arizona's Senate subpoena demands now face contempt charges. See my question, I want you to see it because this is the seven cities. There's Maricopa County, basically the only area 
of Arizona that Trump didn't win and where they, in my opinion, funneled all the votes through manufactured votes to give that state to Joe Biden. Right now, why would you bring it back to me now? Why would you if you're Arizona's Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, why would you reject Arizona, Arizona's Senate subpoena demands? If you won fair and square, why would you care? Why would you care? Why would you not just provide it? See, like for me, it would always be the opposite. If someone says that I didn't win, I would do this. I'd either go, let's do it again. You know, if I arm wrestled somebody and they said you cheated or you lost them, let's do it again then. Why aren't they providing this? If you you really think you won, then why wouldn't you want to prove it? You could rub everybody's nose in it. Another quick hitter. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger launches investigation into what? His own malfeasance, uh, the corruption in the Georgia elections, uh, the corruption in Fulton County, uh, the ballots coming out from underneath the table. Nope. Into Linwood and whether or not he voted legally. And listen, I know Linwood went off his rocker. I'm just saying, why would you? That's what you're going to look into is one person, whether they voted. We tried to get you to look into tens of thousands of votes and you did absolutely nothing, nothing, Brad. And now you're going to look into one. All right, quick hitter. Why has Wisconsin done nothing with the 200,000 ballots its Supreme Court claimed were likely invalid in the 2020 election? Hey, show, hey put up that Wisconsin pick again for me. There you go. Thanks, brother. There you go. Just that's, that's a real spike, by the way. That's exactly how it went on election night, just like that. Never before, before seen in the history of Democrat, not Democratic Party, Democratic, well, Republic elections, never before seen, but that was the regular, regular event that happened in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in, Mil- in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Arizona, and in Nevada. All right, the Leo uh, Terrell tweet. Coincidence, question mark. Pelosi's husband invests big in Tesla right before Biden announced electric federal fleet. How strange. Do we have another Kelly Loeffler sort of situation? Another useless rhino Republican who happened to right before, right before they're about to lock down the economy, bought, sold stock that would be hurt by the lockdown and bought stock that would be helped by the lockdown and then went out and said we're not locking down uh, lo and behold Pelosi who I probably I, I would I would sure guess has Biden's ear right before Biden announces that he's going to replace our carbon footprint our fossil fuel burning cars with electric cars she goes and buys Tesla stock what a strange coincidence I love the whole electric car thing anyway. The electric car thing it, I mean, it absolutely blows me away. I'm like, why do you think that's going to help the economy? How, where do you think electric comes from? I mean, you really, to understand the Democratic Party, you really have to take on the mind of a four-year-old. You really do. That's why the church following the Democratic Party around, and if you wear a mask, that's what you're doing. If you're locked down, that's what you're doing. If you ever quarantined, that's what you're doing because the person who put all that out was noted Hillary Clinton supporter, Anthony Fauci. But I just, I just absolutely marvel 
that people don't look into things. I just, it absolutely floors me that people do not actually look into facts and data. All right, this is the United States of Conservatism video. This is Tucker Carlson. You need to listen very closely to this. Not the world's most exciting stuff, but this could be the biggest story out there right now. It's on HR1. Play it for me. About uh, cleaner government so that we can reduce the role of big, dark, special interest money. HR1 is all about that big, dark, special interest money. Ooh, scary. Though you have to wonder why Nancy Pelosi is still using the term dark as a euphemism for bad. But whatever, it's Nancy Pelosi, so we can be sure it's not racism. Nancy Pelosi is a good person, unlike you. The real question is how the party of ruthless corporate monopolies gets away with fake populist talking points like that. We need cleaner government, shriek the puppets of Silicon Valley. The answer, of course, is they get away with it because no one stops them. This is the quote, for the people act we're talking about here. It's for the people, so shut up. What exactly does the Democratic Party intend to do for the people? Well, if you guessed enshrine their own rule by force forever, you win today's daily double. I'll take authoritarian political movements for a thousand, Alex. Good job. The For the People Act is the foundation of the Democratic Party's strategy to control the federal government well into your grandchildren's middle age. Take a look at it. Like most revolutionary documents, it's not a very exciting read. Nothing in it sounds especially radical at first until you think about it. The bill begins by declaring that, contrary to Article I of the United States Constitution, Congress has, quote, the ultimate supervisory power over federal elections. That's a big change. Under our current law, states get to decide how much fraud they will tolerate. Florida requires you to show photo identification in order to vote. California just wants you to vote Democrat. If H.R. 1 passes, all 50 states will be California. The entire country will have ballot harvesting and mail-in voting. Think about that. On January 6th, we had a riot at the U.S. Capitol. Why did that happen? It happened because millions of American voters were convinced that the last election was not fair. Where did they get that idea? Well, it wasn't simply because the last president told them so. You're hearing that now as if they're animals who take commands and do what they're told, but they're not animals. They're people. They're American citizens who can see what's happening and come to their own conclusions about it. They saw the radical increase in mail-in voting millions did, and it corroded their faith and the public's faith in our systems of election. They were enraged by that, and some of them exploded. According to Democrats, the lesson of that terrible day is that we need more of the corrupt policies that caused it in the first place. We need more mail-in voting. We need more ballot harvesting, more corruption. That'll unite the country. We're not overstating any of this. H.R. 1 would literally enshrine fraud. Here's a direct quote from that legislation. Quote, a state may not require an individual to provide any form of identification as a condition of obtaining an absentee ballot. Any form of identification, no identification whatsoever. Nor can signatures be validated. Here's another direct quote from H.R. 1. Quote, a state may not require notarization or witness signature or other formal authentic authentication, other than a voter's word for it, as a condition of obtaining or casting an absentee ballot. Under H.R. 1, paid political operatives could freely go house to house, apartment to apartment, collecting unknown thousands of ballots, then dump them all at a ballot drop box. And no one would have any idea if those ballots had been tampered with at any point along the way, nor would there be any way to prove it if they had been tampered with. 
And by the way, H.R. 1 also makes it harder for election observers to file complaints about any of this because complaining is racist. A system like that is suicidal for a democracy. No other free country would tolerate it. France and Canada don't tolerate it. They have banned mail-in ballots. They don't want fraud. By the way, neither does Amazon.com. It's a real company. Jeff Bezos, who owns it, is strongly for mail-in voting when mail-in voting allows his parties to take control of everything. You're a bigot if you oppose that. But when it comes to union elections in his own company, elections that might require Jeff Bezos to pay his long-suffering workers decent wages and benefits, Jeff Bezos is totally opposed to it. Amazon is fighting mail-in balloting in its union election in Alabama right now. Amazon.com's position is that an election decided by mail-in ballots wouldn't be, and we're quoting, valid or fair. Huh. When it's their power at stake, Democrats have a totally different position. And that's true in California right now. You may have heard there is a recall effort underway in that state. Voters are trying to boot their comically incompetent governor, Gavin Newsom. More than a million people have signed on so far to that effort. But it's not so easy to get it done because Democrats are requiring in-person signatures for those petitions. Suddenly, they're very worried about voter fraud. All right, back to me. All right, can't retweet. This, is, this, is, this question is, is very stunning. Asked by Jim Jordan. And just the audacity of the Democratic Party is really unmeasurable. It really is. How can you remove a president from office who has already left? I mean, think about that. Think about the absolute galactic either audacity or ignorance that you would have to have to impeach. Under the impeachment doctrine in the Constitution, it is to, quote, remove a president. Remove a president. So Jim Jordan asks, how can you remove a president from office who has already left? There was no subpoenas, no depositions, no witnesses, no hearings, no cross-examination. Trial starts next week. Play the video for me. We have to be optimistic. No, I know Jim Jordan video. Oh, they're supposed to be. Oh, oh well. All right, no big deal. All right. Let's move on then. All right. Let's do some Biden before we go home tonight. <laughs> this is titled Biden, Biden Swamp Assembles. This is from Newsmax. The bad and the worst. Play it for me. We have to be optimistic. I know times look pretty bleak right now. We don't have our president, but during these times of darkness, guess what? I heard and I read in a very important book once that adversity can bring on the greatest periods of growth and bring us to the one who is most important, okay? We should remember that. And I think we should enjoy a little bit and take note of the hypocrisy we're seeing every single day from this brand new Biden administration. We call this the bad and the worst. They are picking people who have said and done some awful things in the past, but because they lean left politically, it's A-okay. Let's start with... Uh, Jelana Porter. She is the new deputy press secretary spokesperson for the State Department, the very face of our foreign affairs. Jelana has a lot of nasty things to say about law enforcement. This is the kind of thing that would get you, well, not hired in the Republican world. Let's take a look at what she put on her Facebook page back in 2016, not terribly long ago. The largest threat to U.S. national security are U.S. cops, not ISIS, 
not Russian hackers, not anyone or anything else. How about that? Let's put her at the State Department platform speaking for America. I don't think that's a very good idea. How about this? Hunter Biden. He's had a few attorneys in his days. Well, one of his attorneys has a colleague who just hit it big, a great big job in the Department of Justice. Ex-colleague of Hunter Biden's lawyer gets top DOJ post. Hmm, what's up with that? Also, do you remember Peter Strzok, the now disgraced FBI agent who, uh, well, he got caught lying and lying and uh, was ultimately fired by the FBI? His wife. His wife has a very big job now at the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. That's what you call a payoff. Uh, Biden administration just made Peter Strzok's wife a top SEC official. Does that seem sure right? Keep quiet, Pete. Does that seem like it would fly in a Republican administration? By the way, are these issues getting a lot of attention? Not really. Not really at all. All right, go to the, the next way, one, 313. To do the job. Even the military, by the way. The United States military, they have people there to serve, and then they have people there to, uh, well, get by politically. Did you see this? The Pentagon came out with an official policy statement. The Pentagon declares climate change a national security issue. Climate change. All right. I thought they were all about winning wars and, uh, you know, figuring out how to uh, minimize casualties. But they're going to be talking about and worrying about climate change. Do you think the military came up with that themselves or was it thrust upon them by the political culture? Traditionally, call me corny, but the military stands for peace and use of force when necessary. I don't think they would be at odds with law and order. Well, this military apparently is. Do you remember the horrible events that happened in Washington, D.C. over the summer, the riot right outside the White House? We all saw it. People marauding, destroying or trying to destroy statues, trying to burn a church. It was a horrible situation, and the National Guard was sent in. They cleaned it up, along with uh, Metropolitan Police. Problem? I don't see one. And the president, who stands for law and order, let's face it, and the right to worship, walked over there after the scene was cleared, and he stood proudly in front of a church, and he raised the Bible. Now, this is one of the most controversial moments of the Trump presidency. Why? How is this controversial? A president standing for law and order and freedom of faith? But it drove the swamp so crazy that somehow they manipulated General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, for apologizing for participating in the moment even just for a nanosecond when he walked across the street with his commander-in-chief, he somehow felt the need to apologize. I should not have been there. My presence in that moment and in that environment created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. Well, that was unacceptable, ensuring peace and tranquility and uh, religious freedom. But somehow, this is A-OK. -okay. Here he is, forgive me, General, basically flirting with the brand-new Vice President Kamala Harris after the inauguration. May we take a quick peek, please? That's General Milley, and that's Kamala Harris. I see a two-hand, four hands involved in that greeting right there. They're talking up a storm. Am I supposed to think less of General Milley? I mean, an inauguration is 
I think it has political overtones. Isn't that safe to say? Such a strange, strange culture down there. And by the way, am I taking pock shots at the uh, military generals? You're damn right I am, and I know plenty of them. And quite frankly, I think I've earned the right. I ate a lot of dirt in the desert. I've been there. I've done that. Okay? Okay. All right, back to me. So there you go. Just a brief list of all of Biden's various cabinet members and staff that he's hiring. Can't remember the exact term that they use as part of his administration, all of his administration, hiring all these absolute leftist hacks. And you can see how bad the military is going. I mean, when you have the military says that global warming is a grievous threat to our national security, how exactly? I'd love to see somebody explain to me how it is that global warming or climate change is a threat to our national security. No mention of the CCP, no mention of the Russians, no, and really the Russians are really minor players. It's all about the CCP. No mention, but climate change, climate change. I mean, that's, that's our military. And right now, I'll have this on Saturday. Our Secretary of Defense, his biggest issue right now that he's trying to push through is critical race theory. Trump took it down, forbade all federal agencies, including the military, to teach it. He put it, Biden and him put it back up, and that's his number one priority, is to root out racism in the military. Root out extremism in the military. We've had so many extremist problems in the military. It's just like, you know, we have to have 7,000 troops in the Capitol right now because of the threat of extremists. There's been so many attacks by white supremacist extremists. I'd like everybody to write down how many you've seen in the last two years. And you can't even say the capital. Nobody even knows what, what their ideologies were. I'm not saying there weren't Trump people there. There's Trump people there. There was also documented Antifa people there. So to say that was a white supremacist attack, yes, there was a Confederate flag there being carried by a Democrat. So where where's all this? You know, If you're in charge of the military, you're the Secretary of Defense. Your number one course of action is to root out bigotry? I don't believe I've seen any major racist issues in the military. I'm not saying there's none. I'm just saying it certainly isn't systemic. And that's your number one priority is to root out racism, root out cultural insensitivity, Welcoming in transgenders. That's your number one priority. Whoo, that's bad. All right, Tom Elliott tweet. John Kerry suggests trying to force Americans to emit less CO2 via the Paris Accord makes up for his use of private jets. Only choice for someone like me. Play it for me. On that issue, pollution, I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, is that the, an environmental way to travel? If you offset your carbon, it's the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to win this battle. Uh, I negotiated the Paris Accords uh, for the United States. I've been involved in this fight for years. I negotiated with President Xi to bring President Xi to the table so we could get Paris. And uh, I believe the time it takes me to get somewhere, I can't sail across the ocean, I have to fly to meet with people and get things done. But what I'm doing, almost full-time, is working to win the battle of climate change. 
And in the end, uh, if I offset and contribute my life to do this, uh, I'm not going to be put on the defensive. <laughs> I want to know, too. He said, I'm fine with flying. It's absolutely okay with him to fly in a private jet if he does what, you know, it's called car- carbon offset. So, in other words, you got to plant like five trees or whatever it is that you have to do. I want, I'd like him to name his offsets. I'd like to see. Now, we're, th- that's what needs to happen now. All these, all these alternative social media sites, whether it's Gab, listen, MeWe's starting to tank hard left. Just, I'm sad to say it, but they are. They're starting to put restrictions on it. Parlors imploding. <laughs> so Gab and Rumble are seem to be the shining stars right now. But we need to, and all of those, all those sites, we need to call them out as well as Twitter and Facebook and YouTube as much as long as we can be on there. We need to ask them when they say things like, you know, why are you allowed to fly in a a private jet and nobody else can? Well, as long as I offset it. Well, what offsets means is that you have bought or you're planting trees. You are, you know, whatever their offsets are. Al Gore has made hundreds of millions of dollars selling carbon offsets while he flies around the planet on a gas guzzling jet himself. And his carbon footprint every year is about 40 times the average human being, just like John Kerry is. And I just, John Kerry's worth, you know, he's basically a billionaire. So, because he's married to Teresa Hines. And I also want to know, he says he's traveling for the battle. In that video, what was he doing? He flew there on his private jet, creating a very large carbon footprint for what? To receive an award. There's no battling there, Johnny. No battling whatsoever. You flew to receive an award. All right, Maggie uh, Vanderberg tweet. Biden's new Labor Department pick, Susie Levine. Here, here comes a real qualifier. Oversaw $600 million in losses to Nigerian fraud scheme at the Washington employment. These are, these are great people, you know, but they, they prove the point. Number one qualifier to be in the Biden administration is complete and total incompetence. Speaking of that, here's Kamala. So it's job creation around investing Listen in American Listen for the words, land of Job mine. creation in terms of investing in American infrastructure and building up, back up American infrastructure. Job creation around, for example, all of those skilled workers who are in the coal industry and, and, and transferring those skills to what we need to do in terms of dealing with reclaiming abandoned um, uh, landmines. What we need to do around plugging... Okay, they're mined lands, mine lands, not landmines, you idiot. But that's the whole thing. That that is your qualifier. Your resume to get into the Biden administration is complete incompetence. Does anybody actually think that Kamala Harris has any interest whatsoever in coal miners? Whatsoever? Do you think that she stayed awake at night when she pushed on Biden signing? to end the Keystone XL pipeline and immediately 11,000 workers lost their jobs. They don't care. They're rich, bourgeois, elite snobs. Listen, you need to understand something. The parties have switched. The Republican Party is the blue-collar party. And listen, I don't care if you're rich. I want to, I'll, I'll take rich. No problem. I want to be rich. I want to be richer than I am right now. I'm already rich in my mind. But the thing is, so I have no problem with people accumulating wealth, being multimillionaires, no problem whatsoever. But these people aren't just rich. They are bourgeois elitists 
who snubbed their nose at everybody. Do you think she has any idea? So when she goes out and says landmines, she has any idea what the coal industry is all about? And she goes and she does. I mean, I don't get how anybody can buy one thing that Kamala Harris says. She is absolutely an out front phony, just a transparent phony. I mean, how can anybody look at her and say, oh, I want to follow that? That's why, I mean, how did, I mean, she got basically 0% of the vote. She was out of the Democratic primary before Iowa. All right, Donald Trump Jr. tweet. Here's an interesting thing. In, Amer- in Biden's America, America last administration, this shouldn't be a surprise. D- DOJ targets Elon Musk's SpaceX for allegedly preferring, preferring to hire U.S. citizens. <laughs> so here's the thing. I forgot to get his name. Uh, you know, the, the guy that was arrested last week here, right here in West Palm Beach, Florida, for a meme four years ago with Hillary Clinton, of Hillary Clinton. He was arrested by the Biden DOJ. And now you have Elon Musk, who they must have determined in some fashion is a threat to us. And now the DOJ is targeting Elon Musk for what? And I, I, DOJ is Department of Justice. Please understand something. Oh, you're awesome, Aaron. Leave that up for me. Leave it up because I'm not gonna, I want to go back to it. You need to remember something. There's a big difference between civil and criminal. Civil, like a civil offense is like a speeding ticket. A, you know, a civil offense is like Suing somebody for, you know, you sue the the supermarket for a slip and fall. That's all civil stuff. Uh, Divorces, civil. Then you have criminal. That's DOJ. So what could the criminal element of this be? The DOJ, the, the criminal law enforcement agency, they are who enforces. That's the FBI. Not just the FBI. There's other other parts of that too. Numerous parts of the DOJ. But why is the Department of Justice targeting Elon Musk, Musk for allegedly preferring to hire U.S. citizens? What could be criminal about that? Even if you want to call him a racist, being racist is civil. You can sue people if they operate in a racist way. Like, you, you know, you don't rent your apartment because the person is some nationality. You don't rent them an apartment in your building because there's some nationality. They can be sued. That's civil. It's not criminal. But somehow or another, the Department of Justice which enforces criminal law is now investigating Elon Musk for allegedly preferring to hire U.S. citizens. See, we are living in the advent of Stalinism. That's why we must win. You cannot, we do not have time for you to hang your head. The guy who got arrested, thank you, Aaron, Douglas Mackey, got arrested. I believe it was last Wednesday. He got arrested for posting a meme four years ago in the FBI showed up, I covered it on the podcast, showed up at his house in the wee hours of the morning like they do every Republican. Nothing happens, nothing ever happens to anybody else. Nothing. No, not Antifa, nothing. None of that. Hillary Clinton deleted 30,000 subpoena emails. No problem. Nothing happened to her. Roger Stone does absolutely nothing. And you have... The FBI show up in the middle of the night, actually in the middle of the wee hours of the morning, 
Somehow, the only news agency that knew anything about it was CNN, who got there right with the FBI. They had frogmen swimming in his canal. Roger Stone is almost 70 years old, if not in his 70s. I don't remember what his age is. And that's what shows up Roger Stone for doing absolutely nothing. You got John Brennan, noted liar. I mean, lied, lied under oath. James Clapper, lied under oath. Nothing done to them whatsoever. George Papadopoulos, General Flynn. General Flynn, they interview him. They write down on their 302s, their summaries of the interview, that he did not lie and then arrest him for lying. This is the very danger. This is what I'm telling you guys. I've said this for months. The Democratic Party administrations will put you in freaking prison. This is not this is not kitty games here. This is this is this is the real deal. This is not games. They will put you in prison. They don't care. They were listen, they were going to lock Roger Stone away for 9 years. 9 years. Bill Barr came in and lowered it to 3. Even that, three years for what? Three years for what? Nothing. Three years in prison if you're in your late 60s, early 70s. And then, of course, Donald Trump pardoned him. They will put you in prison. George Papadopoulos, they wouldn't have been happy to charge him. And they did charge him. And he was pardoned. They, they do not care. There's, they are so full of audacity. And they honestly think that nobody will hold them accountable. We need to hold them accountable. If they are going to charge us, listen, all the state AGs, the sheriff's offices, the police departments, turnabout is fair play. I'm not saying make up stuff like the FBI did, like they did to Donald Trump for four years over collusion. I'm saying if there's legit charges, turnabout is fair play. Why is Hillary Clinton not in federal prison right now? 30,000 subpoenaed emails, nothing. Lies under oath numerous times, nothing. This is serious business. This is not little kids' games. They will put conservatives in prison. They'll they'll set up little perjury traps. Hey, you want to come in and talk to us about what happened? No. No. That's what that's the stuff they pull all the time. Well, let me move on. Dave Rubin tweet. This is extraordinarily dangerous. And shows you how big tech is just an extension of the government. I don't even know what that says. One ad amendment stops government. First, First Amendment. No, oh, it's supposed to be an S in there. First Amendment stops government from silencing you. So the government wants to outsource that to tech companies. Also, as per Supreme Court, there is no such thing as hate speech. Before you go to that, Aaron, come to me. Listen, I want to tell you something. If I was left alone, right now we've got close to 200 people watching on Facebook, 80, between 80 and 90 on YouTube, and that's all I've already been butchered to pieces. Every time, every and I'm banned on Facebook right now. Again, it's just magic that we're on. That's why we can't reply to anything you do tonight. But if I was left alone, I would have 1,000 people watching. We've had as many as eight, 900 people watching at one time, this podcast. And they just, they just obliterate us. All I want is fair competition. I mean, listen, if my podcast stinks and people don't want to watch it, that's fine. I'm good with that. I, that's is America. I don't, I'm not a YMCA participation trophy guy. 
I don't, nobody has any obligation to watch anything that I do. I just want the opportunity to succeed, but that's not allowed right now. And that all needs to change. Now we have people like Gab that are rising up, like Rumble are rising up, but Gab and Rumble, you've got to come up with the platform to go live. We've got to be able to go live on Gab, on Rumble. We've got to be able to go live. I know Gab, you're trying real hard. Gosh, you've got to try harder. We need you quicker. We're getting silenced in a hurry. Play the video for me. Uh, as you know, President Trump has been barred from a lot of social media sites. Just curious whether you think his absence has made your job any easier or the White House's job any easier as it kind of goes forward on these COVID negotiations. In what way? Well, he'd create a lot of noise, right? He, uh, he, would, he would have a certain gravitational pull with Republicans who may be, um, may be more inclined to take a harder position. wonder if that's been anything that you guys have thought about or, or kind of considered. This may be hard to believe. We don't spend a lot of time talking about or thinking about President Trump here, former President Trump, uh, to, to be very clear. Yeah, he's um, in your head. I think that's a question that's probably more appropriate for Republican members um, who um, are looking for ways to support a bipartisan package uh, and whether that gives them space. But uh, I can't say we miss him on Twitter. Does President Biden support the continuing ban of, of, of President Trump on their sites? I think that's a decision made by Twitter. We've, we've certainly spoken to, and he's spoken to, um, the need for social media platforms to continue to take steps to reduce hate speech. Um, but we don't have more for you on it than that. Yeah, and who, who determines what hate is? Hey, Aaron, ship, uh, skip up ahead and just have it ready at the Patrick Holly tweet. Who determines what hate is? Who, who determines what truth is? I mean, Democrats, I, I, I don't think they really think they're, they're speaking the truth, but uh, maybe they have no conscience left. So whatever lies they, they speak, they've just transferred it in their, transformed it in their mind to be truth. I don't know. But who determines those things? To limit hate speech. What is, what, what is hate? Not being a Democrat is hate. You get banned for it. All these Twitter accounts get tens, thousands, hundreds of thousands even me, who only had 1,500 followers on Facebook, they cut me in half. Why would you do that? I have 1,500 people following me on, on Twitter. All right, I want to get this out before we go tonight. I want you to hear this. This is the biggest news. This is what got me banned off of Facebook. All right, put that tweet up. But CDC busted. I have the peer-reviewed research. Now, everybody see those two words. Peer-reviewed. That means multiple Doctors have confirmed this research, peer-reviewed, and I get banned off of Facebook. Peer-reviewed research showing that the CDC inflated COVID fatality numbers by 1,600% as Trump got hammered during the election. The DOJ was petitioned. Barr did not act. Here's my deep dive into the CDC, Fauci, Gates, and China. So let me read you some of this. This is a little bit wonky, sort of, but it's really not. You have to know this. Tom, why do you talk so much about COVID? It's everything. It is the purveyor and the conveyor of the democratic, socialist, globalist, CCP agenda. Even though you've got the CCP and the globalists are actually against each other, they're both using COVID to take over America. In the Democratic Party, are there willing, bent-kneed, sycophant laborers? 
All right, this is from the national file. Everybody write that down, national file. On March 24th, the CDC published the NVSS COVID-19 number two document instructing medical examiners, coroners, and physicians to de-emphasize underlying causes of death, death, also referred to as pre-existing conditions or comorbidities, by reporting them in part two rather than part one of death certificates. Let me get that for the only two things to know. Part one and part two. Pre-existing conditions and comorbidities from 2003 to March 24th of 2020. Comorbidities were put on part one. Part one of death certificates. Lo and behold, on March 24th of last year, it got switched to part two. The underlying cause of death are expected to result in COVID-19 being the underlying cause of death more often than not. This is a major rule change for death certificate reporting from the CDC's 2003 Coroner's Handbook on Death Registration and Fetal Death Reporting and Physician's Handbook on Medical Certification of Death, which have instructed death reporting professionals nationwide to report underlying conditions in Part 1, For the previous 17 years. So underlying conditions would be heart heart problems, strokes, diabetes, whatever it may be. That would be underlying conditions. In other words, they were considered to be the primary cause of death enlisted in part one. Now they were suddenly, for some unknown reason... Robert Redfield with the CDC switched it and said, no, 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 no. Put COVID as part one and the underlying conditions as part two. Hence the reason why you're hearing that there's 450,000 COVID deaths and we have no, we have no increase in total deaths. We had slightly less deaths in 2020 total in the United States than we did in 2019. And allegedly... 400,000 Americans died of COVID? No, it's just reattributed. All they did was switch the columns. Part one to part two, part two to part one. So everything that you could even marginally blame on COVID, COVID death, yeah, but it's a hospice, hospice case. The person had 36 hours to live. COVID death, That's I've been telling you that for years. And this is a peer-reviewed study. This is from the National File. This is a reputable organization. It got me banned off Facebook, putting it out there, because Facebook are a bunch of Soviets. The single change resulted in a significant inflation of COVID-19 fatalities by instructing that COVID-19 be listed in part one of death certificates as a definitive cause of death, regardless of confirmatory evidence. (laughs) Did everybody hear that? COVID's the... Primary cause of death, whether you confirm it or not, that's the rule. See, I mean, it's, do you see the same spirit? That's our voting laws, too. You don't need to confirm anything. You don't need to have matching signatures. You don't need to present any ID. Nobody even know, needs to know where this ballot came from. There's no absolutely no rules right here. No rules. It's, con- it's the Democratic Party. It's evil personified. 
lying to people day in and day out. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of COVID deaths. No, listen. Be listed in part one of death certificates as a definitive cause of death, regardless of confirmatory evidence, rather than listed in part two as a contributor to death in the presence of pre-existing conditions, as would have been done using the 2003 guidelines, which we used for 17 years. The research draws attention to this key distinction as it has led to significant to a significant inflation in COVID and COVID fatality totals. By the researchers' estimates, COVID-19 recorded fatalities are inflated nationwide by as much as 1600%. Above what they would be if they had used the CDC guidelines from 2003 to 2020. Then on April 14th, the CDC adopted additional rules exclusive for COVID-19. Boy, it just sounds like, it sounds like there's something else to this besides they're all in it for your health and be a good, good neighbor and a community partner. There's, there sounds like there might be some other insidious underpinnings to this whole thing. Why would all these rules change? This is serious business. This, they changed rules that was in 17 years in place, all for one disease. Could there be political motivations involved? Robert Redfield, noted Democrat hack. Fauci, noted Democrat hack. Linda Burks, noted Democrat hack. Could there be? Anthony Fauci, who owns a part of the Pfizer vaccine patent? You think the CDC is a government agency or are there a bunch of scientists in there with pieces of all these vaccines? You get little patents on all these different parts of it. You don't have time to get into that tonight. Then on April 14th, the CDC adopted additional rules exclusive, exclusive for COVID-19. Not for flus, not for pneumonia, not for heart attacks, not for strokes, not for car crashes, just for COVID-19 in violation of federal law. No problem. Just put your masks back on, closed CCCs, COVID caving Christians. Just put your mask back on. Don't worry about any of this. It's all about your health, even though nobody's died around you. Oh, I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Yeah, anybody can do that with anything. Oh, this person died of COVID. Are you sure? Most of the people that have died of COVID, if, it, if the death certificate was done the way that it was done for 17 prior years to March 24th of 2020, what would the numbers be? How many COVID deaths would we have? If it's inflated by 1,600%, what would the COVID deaths be? I did the math. It's really actually easy. All you gotta do is go 6%, just like the CDC had to admit to six months ago. About 25 to 35,000 deaths from COVID. Facts! Probably gonna get me banned. Don't care. Those are the facts. In violation of federal law, but no problem there. By outsourcing data collection rule development to the Council of State and Terrestrial Epidemiologists, a nonprofit entity, again, without applying for oversight, an opening opportunity for public scientific review. On April 5th, the CSTE published a position paper, standardized surveillance case definition and national notification for 2019 novel, novel coronavirus, listing five CDC employees as subject matter experts. This key document 
created new rules for counting probable cases as actual cases without definitive proof of infection. So you're allowed to call it a COVID case without ever approving, ever confirming that it is COVID. That has never happened in the history of the CDC until COVID-19 came. Think about it. Have you ever seen an illness until COVID-19 used to usher in a president? You know Donald Trump was going to win in a mega landslide, a a mega mega landslide. And so, you know what? We couldn't have that economy going. And he never should have caved. That's still on him. He shouldn't have caved. He shouldn't have been calling for lockdowns. Churches never should have closed. I won't get into that tonight because I say it all the time. But this is, I'm telling you right now, legitimately, COVID is actually a a mid to low, a low to mid flu season. 80,000 people died of the flu in 2017. 80,000 of the flu. And that really is coming up on two and a half times as many people have actually died of Tom, it's not true. All right, well, what I'm going to tell you is this. This is not me. This is not conspiracy theory. Please go to the national file. If you're watching this and you're a Democrat and you're a COVID believer and you got your mask on because you want everybody to know how much you care about humanity, you're a clown. You're a clown. Go to the national file and read the peer-reviewed study. These are what we call facts. Nobody should have ever closed. Nobody should ever mask. That's why I never did. I was never scared of this thing. You know why? I read about it. Study to show yourself approved. Don't be destroyed for lack of knowledge. Listen, I love you guys. Thank you for the 171 still on Facebook. The 86 still on YouTube. I love you. We'll see where we're at on all this stuff I got. We are in. We've begun negotiations for TV stuff going on. I will keep everybody updated on that because we are going to branch out. I will not be silenced. We'll see how many people watch. That's up to you guys. But I will not be silenced. I will bring this. I will bring these facts to you. They are absolute facts. I will bring. I'm not afraid. A lot of conservatives right now. They're mitigating, almost like COVID mitigations. Nobody, not my favorite pundits, not one of them, will talk about COVID death totals because they know that it will cost them their social media following. They know that it will get them banned off social media, so they won't say it. That's never going to be me. I am saying what needs to be said, and I do the same thing from the pulpit right here at Foundation Church, Inglewood, Florida. I don't hold back. If it's, you know, We talk about heaven, we talk about hell. We talk about your need to repent of sin. We talk about judgment day. We also talk about the promises of God, that God wants you well. God wants you to never live in lack. God wants you to prosper in everything you lay your hands to. Unabashed truth at all times. I will not be silenced. I will find a venue. And they ban me off of all of this. I will find a venue. And I don't care how many people are watching. I'm going to do it. Listen, I love you guys. God bless you sincerely. Thank you so much for watching. Enjoy the rest of your night.